Hello nerd and nerdettes, in today's episode we're talking about the tips you can use for security on your Android devices, how to keep your device secure, let's get into it. The first thing is of course encryption. Every device today has the option to encrypt your phone or tablet. I started using this feature around 2015 when I picked up my Google Nexus 6P. We have touched on encryption in the past, and we'll touch on it again as it pertains to your mobile devices. Encryption on your mobile phone or tablet is more important than encrypting your desktop computer or device that never leaves your home. While you should encrypt these devices that stay in your house, having any device that you take with you out into the world definitely needs to be encrypted. This should not be an option. You are much more likely to lose your device and have it fall into the wrong hands when you are out at your local coffee shop or in a hotel, on the road, on vacation, at the beach. With your device's hard drive encrypted, if someone finds it or steals it, they cannot get to your files by simply removing the hard drive and plugging it into their own computer. If your password is in, uh, if your mobile device is not encrypted, an attacker doesn't need to know what your password is to get your information. They don't need to know your pin code or your, your pattern lock. It's much much easier to remove a hard drive and plug it in and pull off its contents. I did this many times in the past when a family friends had an issue and their, say like their phone wouldn't turn on or something like that and it was very easy since their device wasn't encrypted I could just plug it in and show them hey look all your stuff is right here. All I needed was their device to do that. Encrypting your device is as simple as touching your screen with today's Android devices. If you are using Android 5.0 or higher, all you have to do is go to the security section of the menus tab. Menus, menu, menus menu. The security section of the settings menu. There's the words. Man, English is hard sometimes. Some manufacturers of Android put this in different locations, so I can't give you the exact path to find this. However, on most, you should be able to find it under the main settings menu. After you find security, you should see an option within that menu to encrypt your device. You should do this. Like, just do it. Like, right now. It's easy. If you're worried about losing your photos and videos, if something happens to your phone, just use an auto backup service. Google has their Google Photos. Dropbox has uh, their auto backup. And if you're feeling real nerdy, I suggest using your own uh, cloud storage, using Nextcloud. You can buy a service that does Nextcloud for you, or you can be super nerdy like me and set up a home server, use HTTPS to log into it, and use Nextcloud that way. On my mobile device, I have it set that it automatically uploads every photo I take to my own home server through HTTPS. Super secure and very nice to have if you don't want to rely on services like Google or Dropbox. If you click security and it already says encrypted, well congratulations! Your phone defaults to that and you should be quite happy. This is really important. Like I said earlier, you take these things with you everywhere you go. If you take this thing everywhere you go, you're more prone to lose it somewhere or leave it somewhere. or someone's more, It's more prone to be stolen. Let's, let's be serious. There are less break-ins to houses than there are people just getting their stuff stolen at like a coffee shop or just out and about in everyday, everyday travels. Encrypting your device keeps people from being able to access your data. If they have your phone or your tablet, they'll, want, they'll have to either, if it's encrypted, they'll have to brute force your password, your PIN code, or your pattern unlock. 
And we'll get into these these passwords and pin codes and what is the best option for that here in a second. But they'll have to brute force that. They can't simply turn your phone off, pull out your pull out your hard your hard drive, and plug it into into their own computer. It's a little bit harder than it sounds because you will need a special device to plug everything in and and all that jazz. But if, if they're doing this, they're going to have that in from that those hardware pieces. So do encrypt your device. It's very easy. Um, if your device says it has to wipe and erase data, keep that in mind. It could say that. I don't think it does. I think when you decrypt it, if you want to start from fresh without encryption, then it wipes it. I don't recall whenever I did it the first time if it's if I needed to wipe my device to be encrypted. But do keep that in mind. It will warn you beforehand if, if that is the case. So we're going to get into next is going to be passwords and how to do it correctly on your mobile device, what you should do, how you should go about all that jazz. Should you use a pin code or, or a pattern code? So passwords. Yes, yes. We are doing passwords again. I know. It might be my life mission to make sure everyone is using good passwords. But let's be serious. That's never gonna happen. That's it's like, how can I come get to every single person? But you, you listen to this podcast right now. You know better. You do. We've had this talk many times now. So let's get into this for your mobile phones. We have different options today for mobile phones. We have passphrases. We have pin codes. We have pattern unlock. We have fingerprints. We get facial recognitions. What what are you gonna do? How are you gonna get this to work? The most popular login option as far as I can tell, is the pattern code login, the pattern unlock, where you just draw your finger across the pattern, and boom, you get in. Personally, I don't think this is very secure. Someone can glance over your shoulder while you're, while you're doing this, and they could easily memorize your pattern, especially if it's super, super uncomplex. I was going to go super complex, and that didn't make any sense. If it's really easy for you to do, it's going to be easy for someone to memorize, so keep that in mind. And the same thing goes for pin code numbers because it's typically only like four to six numbers and how hard would it be to, to not to memorize that your best option is a passphrase and fingerprint combination a passphrase will not be easy for an attacker to memorize if you need to enter it in the event of the of the fingerprint scanner not working I'm saying to add fingerprint combination to give you a little ease of use Everyone sacrifices security for convenience, but remember the fingerprint scanner can be tricked. This has happened before. However, if you're not a celebrity or a head of state, you should be okay with this combination. If you are, if you are one of those people, if you're a celebrity, first of all, get in touch with me. I'd like to, to talk to you. <laughs> if you're a head of state, again, get in touch with me. I'd like to talk to you. But if you are one of these high-profile people, you, you shouldn't use anything but a strong passphrase. And this is because someone could like knock you out and use your own finger to unlock your phone, or they could even fake your fingerprint. There's been... Uh, I, can't remember, I can't remember who did it, but someone basically took a fingerprint off of something and they used it to unlock somebody's phone. It was a proof of concept and it works, so be careful. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you have... A reason to worry about this, you should worry about this, not use a fingerprint or face unlock. Most of us won't be in that kind of high pressure situation, so the fingerprint and passphrase combination is a great way to stay secure. Use the, the passphrases are usually short. You can usually get two decently ambiguous words out of it. So basically what I would say to do for your passphrase is to get the dice wireless we talked about before. 
find two words that fit into the word length. So for mine, my passphrase on my phone, if for some reason my fingerprint isn't working. So if you like reboot your phone, you can't use your fingerprint, you have to use your, your login, whether it's pin code, pass, uh, yeah, pin code, pattern unlock, or passcode. And so you have to type this in the first time. And so what I did was I got two random words off the Diceware list that fit within the maximum number of characters that could be used. It could be more secure. Then again, I, the estimation of it is going to be like brute force attacking it on a desktop computer would take way too long to make it matter. Now, if someone's being able to guess a trillion guesses per second, like Edward Snowden has warned us about, and they have my phone, then they're going to get in. Let's be serious, because you can't have it strong enough for that and make it typeable. If you want to memorize numbers and symbols, then go ahead and do that. I just find it ridiculous and too burdensome, whereas two random words I get from a word list are going to be good enough. It greatly increases the entropy using two words in one word. If you can get like several small words, that's even better. Um, so instead of two larger words, having like maybe four small words would be better off because then you increase the entropy even more than what would have been otherwise. And now that I'm saying this, I think I'm going to look into that. See how many words I can actually get into my passphrase instead of what I'm using now. Mm, excuse me. So keep that in mind, guys and gals. Use strong passphrases, even on your mobile device. If you're not a high-profile, high-pressure person that, that needs that uh, extra security, use your fingerprint. I don't recommend face unlock. They, it's because it has been unlocked with pictures in the past. New ones might be better, but I think fingerprint and password are a great combination and all you should really need to make your device is as secure as it could possibly be. So apps and their permissions. Many people are, are unaware about apps and their permissions. It is wise to check and make sure that any app is getting only the permissions it needs. When you go to download a calculator and it asks for access to your phone calls and contacts, you should probably think twice before confirming that download. I've been very conscious of this since about 2014 and I'm very suspicious of applications since then as well. I will, I will almost always download a less known not so pretty application over a popular one because it has no permissions needed or at least a lot less than the popular version. However, I understand that I am an exception to this rule for this kind of effort and you might be too. You're listening to this podcast, you might be thinking, hey, I want to do these things so I know how important it is to be secure. And then kudos on you, you're making the right effort. So what should you do to make sure your apps aren't getting more permissions than they should. Make sure you check it. If you're downloading it directly from the Play Store, it it should tell you what the permissions are. If it, if it doesn't pop up saying, hey, these need these permissions, you can find the permissions within the App Store page for the, for the, uh, for the application. So dig around there and you can find them pretty easily. I know for a while it was buried towards the bottom, but it might, might have moved it. I don't have Google Play Store installed, so I can't help you there. But you keep that in mind. If you if your calculator app needs access to your camera, contact, or phone calls, you need to find a new calculator. Calculators should not be using your phone numbers. They just need to be able to make calculations, which you don't which you could do on a computer without internet access. If the calculator app needs internet access, don't download the, that app. 
It's that simple. So think about it. Does this app actually need these permissions? And go from there. This goes for any app you install from the Play Store. You can look at your apps you currently have installed to see what kind of permissions they need or what they're actually asking for and are using. You can find the permissions for each app under Settings. So you go to Settings, then go to Apps. Then you can click on the app of choice, and there should be a little bar that says Permissions. You can touch that, and it'll show you the permissions that it has. Here, you can turn on and off permissions you want the app to have access to or not. This is definitely in the newest version of Android. I cannot vouch for every older version, but I'm pretty sure it's been there since at least 2015. So I think it's Android 5. Android 6 totally had that. Android 7 has it. I'm running that right now with Lineage OS. It's on Lineage OS as well. It should be on most devices. So go to that. Check them out. You'll, you'll, you'll be surprised that like Instagram wants your phone calls. Like, why would it need my phone calls? Turn off the phone calls. Why does Snapchat need my phone calls? I can understand contacts. If, they want, if you want to find people in your contact list that have Snapchat. Okay. That makes sense. But why don't you use it and then turn it off, right? And again, this is the kind of effort that it takes to really make sure that you're secure as much as possible. And even like, even like an ounce of more effort puts you far above the majority that you will actually become more of a hassle to try and crack than the average person. This is the kind of the key here, guys and gals. Think about the amount of effort the average person puts into securing their device. It's basically zero, right? If you just put this much effort into it that we're talking today, you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of them that an attacker is going to get to your device and be like, wow, this is just not worth my time. I can crack five or six other devices in the amount of time it'll take me to crack this one device. I'm moving on. This is how, this is how they think. Because when someone wants to crack a device, they're, they're, they're going from time to reward ratio. There's only so much time in a day. I'm trying to get the maximum amount of, of, of information for the least amount of effort. And most of the time they're using scripts, they're pushing a button and they're just going through it. And these apps might even skip it. Or they're sitting there watching this thing go and they're like, wow, this thing's taking so much longer than the other one did. Just skip it. Keep that in mind. Do these things and it's going to be fine. We're going to talk about cameras next, very briefly. Uh, I think this is something that people need to really pay attention to because um, they're always watching. Always watching you. So let's talk about cameras. If you're feeling extra top secret, you want to take your security to the next level, well, I ain't got the thing for you. You're special. You can get these little sticky pieces of plastic. You can put them on your phone and it covers your front-facing camera. I found these on Amazon. If you want my affiliate link, ask me and I will send it to you. It's a great way to support the show. You don't pay anything extra and Amazon gives me money. So that's always good. They, these things stick to your device and they allow you to slide this little black piece of plastic back and forth to reveal and hide your front-facing camera. I did this because I don't need someone spying on my pooping face. But for real though, let's hear me out. People have been able to get access to webcams for a very long time. This means that an attacker could get access to your camera and see what you're doing 24-7, or at least record it so they can go back and see it later. We've heard that the NSA kind of does this. I don't know to the extent of what they do, but we have heard that they do keep you know videos and stuff like that. 
this is super creepy. Like super like I in the in the article I italicized it. That's how creepy it is. I don't cover my back facing camera since it's usually against the table anyway, so I'm not gonna see anything there regardless. Or it's in my pocket. So it's like okay, whatever. But if I'm like using my device, the front facing camera is just staring in the face the whole time. It's always exposed to me and my surroundings. Yeah. It's probably a little bit of a paranoid step. But you have to admit, if Mark Zuckerberg covers his computer's webcam in audio jack, shouldn't you cover yours? Then again, he is a high value target, and this, uh, this choice is yours. We talked about how, how we talk, well, English is hard. Remember, English is hard. We've talked about high value contacts, high value peoples of interest, and yeah, maybe, maybe he's got, maybe he's one that should be paranoid like that. But with the amount of people that are getting their information leaked with the Equifax hack, the amount of celebrities getting their devices hacked into, cracked into, sorry, the, the threat gets bigger and bigger every day. So why not take the steps to secure yourself and and regain some of your privacy? That the average person doesn't do. It's these little things that, that keep you on top of it. They keep you just a little bit better than the next person. So maybe you're not the one that gets their information stolen. Maybe you're not the one that gets spied on. Maybe you're not the one that gets their picture stolen. And this is what I'm doing. This is my goal with with this podcast, with the tech articles. It's to, it's to take you through what I find interesting and what I what I think that the world should know. And right now, it's very big on security. It just it just is. That's how it's going to be for probably for a while. Uh, I'm often told that I am obsessed and that I should chill out because no one does this kind of stuff. But that's exactly what keeps me going. Like I said, be better than the average person. And yeah, maybe I need to take take it a little far. Maybe I do go. I'm better than even the better than the average when it comes to this. Maybe I'm a little bit too paranoid. Like. I surf the web on a VPN, and if I don't want to be seen on a website, let's say I want to go to Amazon and I want to look at a product, but I don't want it following me around the internet, I'll even open up Tor beforehand. So I have VPN and Tor, and then I'm on Amazon. There's no way for them to pin it to me. Maybe that's paranoia. Maybe it's just me taking, taking the measures I need to take to have some level of privacy in this ever-increasing lack of privacy world, this anti-privacy world that we're living in. I appreciate you guys listening. If you have any security tips, please let me know. Message me on Twitter at JRSwab, on Mastodon at JRSwab at Mastodon.xyz, or you can send me at anywhere else that I am. I'm on everything as JRSwab. Find me. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know if you have any cool tips you want to share with me in the community. I will share them as soon as I can. Maybe I'll make another, another podcast with the information. Maybe I'll add it to a new blog post. Who knows? You can find me on Steemit at JRSwab or Steam. It's any platform you want to use. You can use busy.org and find me there as well. I want us all to become more secure in our everyday life. So please join in the conversation. Thanks for listening. You can find me at patreon.com slash JRSwab if you want to donate and get back to the show. Thank you so much. Till next time.